thank you for joining our conversation on Wow Whispering. I am your host, Diane A. Curran, and it is delightful to be with you. Wow is spontaneous, open, expressive. Whispering is intimate, still, receptive. In our modern age, moments rush in or away like quicksilver. Do we even make the time to savor a wow or reflect on a whisper, to notice and value such gifts? We're ready to do just that with you right now. I want to just say welcome to everybody who's with us today. We have a very special episode for you with a wonderful woman, Vicki Sullivan. I'm going to actually spell her name right up front because some of you may be in the world of, who's Vicki Sullivan? She is V-I-C-K-I-E. Sullivan spelled the traditional way, S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N. And you're going to be able to reach her on that name, that website. But right now, Vicki, it's good to have you with us today. How are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. Thanks so much for having me. I'm delighted, and we are going to chat away, we're going to wow, and we are going to whisper together, and let's see what we discover in the process. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about Vicki's background, because I think that'll give you a real appreciation. She is, no kidding, an internationally recognized person as the top market strategist for thought leaders and visionary influencers, and those are terms that are really relatively new in the marketplace, but people are beginning to understand what that means. Vicki specializes in branding and messaging strategies in crowded markets, and oh my gosh, these days, markets are all getting so much more crowded. She's helped thousands of cool people stand out since 1987. Now, Ms. Sullivan is a popular speaker on how to be top of mind in competitive markets and strategies that prepare folks for those opportunities. Her blog, Tips, Trends, and Tirades, is highly respected in the thought leader space. I love that name, three Ts, Tips, Trends, and Tirades. Her groundbreaking work has earned her an appointment on the Women's Leadership Board for the Kennedy School of Government at Harvard. My old stomping grounds, what I mean to say is I lived in Cambridge right next door. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of know what those Harvard, Harvard gang looks like. Uh, Vicki has also served as an advisor on branding and thought leadership for Support TEDS Collaboratorium, or yes, I think I said that, Collabora Collaboratorium, that? yes, that Collaboratorium. is perfect. Okay, 2015. Now, that's the TED Talks that a lot of people hear about. And it's an invitation-only event that serves select TED fellows. So Vicki gets around this world, no kidding. And <laughs> I suspect it makes it easier that we can do a lot of this online. What do you think about that, Vicki? How about this online world that we live in now? What do you think about that? <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's, it has such a megaphone effect. You know, everybody has uh, a level playing field now to get their hearts out and to get out what is in their hearts. And so that's, that's the great news. You know, the dark side, people are saying stuff that perhaps they should think first. It's Oh, what a concept. <laughs> Open mouth, insert thought. That would be a new way to go. Exactly. Exactly. So what I, what I love about what you did right now, Vicki, is you jumped right into the whispering side of our conversation about wow and whispering. You know, wow is it's open. We almost don't need a definition for it. When people say it, it just spontaneously occurs. And usually it's something that got our attention, whether it's in pleasure or stun or awe. But that whispering is an interesting word because it can mean both a quiet kind of confidential advice that's helpful, or it can be, we've all heard of whispering campaigns. It can be that other side where you got to kind of look at what is not being said out loud, but might be being said about you or about what you said, that sometimes it's hard to know what that is. So Vicki, I'd love to hear you kind of expound a little bit on maybe people saying what they shouldn't say. What are you noticing about this 24 seven, 365 world of online all the time? Well, here's what I'm noticing. I'm noticing that and Facebook is, has been my biggest teacher here. You know, Facebook has taught me so much about whispering. And because people think they're whispering on Facebook, and they're really not. 
<laughs> so that's the first thing I would say is is you, you it looks like a conversation it it looks like you're whispering but you're kind of not and you have no idea who's reading your threats and sometimes uh i'll be talking to someone and they'll bring up something and i'm like how do you know that and they go oh no i saw all your facebook photos of your cross-country road trip oh my gosh it sounds fabulous i'm like okay i gotta remember you know i gotta remember you know this is going out to folks we don't know you know this is going out to friends of friends you know, what's really interesting is you, you bring up something that can be distracting and confusing to people. They think maybe they've got 35 friends, maybe they've got 325 friends, maybe they have 3,000 friends, but you're right. That's not the whole community of who's seeing you and what you're about, is it? No, you got to look at what I call the lurker factor. <laughs> <laughs> okay for Ooh. every person that answers your post you got 10 lurkers right you got 10 people that are reading and not responding okay yeah and sometimes they're unfollowing you and you don't know that either right you know sometimes i don't want to know that they're unfollowing me and that's another little whisper that i've learned is blocking someone is is not necessarily a negative thing you know, mm -hmm. when someone is disturbing your peace and you know that they are, you know that you are disturbing their peace. What blocking does, which I absolutely love, is it takes, it takes you out of the conversation. And so what a lot of people don't understand is we can, we can disengage you know, we can disengage in so many ways, and it's not a negative thing. It's just about keeping our peace in our life. You know, I, I oftentimes have this view, and see, see what you think about this, that Facebook is kind of like inviting people into your home. You don't want everybody in your home all the time, and it's okay to invite them to leave now. Exactly. And here's what I've done, and here's a, here's a whisper for you. Here's what I do. Okay. Say it's someone I really, really like. All right. Mm -hmm. But they just believe stuff that I think is out of this world. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good, bad, or different. And people put a lot of stuff on their news feed, right, that goes yeah. out to you that you may think, hey, this just splashed down from Mars, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, so, and so here's what you do. I learned this trick, and I think this is under the whisper category, because okay. I was wowed, but I think it's a whisper, okay? Maybe a little bit of both. You can block the source of that information. Tell me what you mean by that, because that's not really entirely clear to me. Maybe okay. it's a secret. I don't know yet. It's a <laughs> secret. It's a secret. Okay, so here's what you do. Say that you're looking at a meme okay, that you are thoroughly convinced was created by Russian bots, all right, okay. this is, this is a Russian bot here, right, all right, you can go to the upper right-hand corner, where there's the three dots, okay, in that. that individual post, right, yeah, uh-huh, okay, and it says, hide all from this Russian bot, you press that button, my friend, and you will no longer get any post that share from that Russian bot. So this is interesting because Facebook also is about ads. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm in the world of marketing and you're certainly in the world of marketing strategy. So we right. know that people come on to do business. Uh -huh. And I've, I've paid attention, not apparently very well. What I've paid attention to is uh, hide this ad or hide all ads from the source is that the same thing or is that a little bit different um i usually ignore the ad so i can't speak to that okay. i'm talking about what friends share with you okay so have you Got ever it. had a friend that would share like a meme with you or an article from you know russia today or <laughs> Or some source that you're like, you know, this is yeah. not a meme or this is not a source I really trust, right? And I don't, you know, I don't want it in my space. And was, what I love about that. what you're bringing out is that it's, it's our responsibility to take a look at, um, I'm going to say, accurate and reliable information 
And apparently we have a mechanism to do that, meaning we can, we can say, all right, this doesn't fit my criteria for um, reliable, accurate news information, and maybe look it up on Snopes or whatever it might be, and you say, okay, that, that's a done deal, I'm not gonna have that anymore. So you're not blocking the friend who maybe didn't realize what it was, you're blocking the source. Exactly, and what this does is this creates the balance between all this information coming at you, it allows you to control the information coming at you. So you can have a balance between hearing from your friends, but not reading from Russia bots. Got it. And what's also interesting is, and let's start a distinction because Facebook isn't the only social medium a lot sure, of people uh -huh. are dealing with. It's not Twitter and mm -hmm. LinkedIn are kind of the three big ones right. for people of a certain generation and beyond. Uh -huh. And they all have their own criteria, but it appears as though Facebook has a few more choices available at that level. I think Twitter's are there, but they're a little bit less clear. And LinkedIn, I don't frankly know what their choices are. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, LinkedIn is a lot about business. Yeah. So what, it, to your point about the business and personal being blurred, mm -hmm. I go on Facebook because that's where a lot of my clients are. Mm -hmm. And even though I will also be on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. I frankly, and this is a secret, okay, so secret for me, is I, shh, I started <laughs> on Facebook because I thought it was less risky than LinkedIn because oh, it wasn't as business oriented. So I thought, well, my friends love me. So if I do something stupid, they're still going to like me in the business <laughs> scenario. Not so much. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so I practiced on Facebook. Yeah. So Facebook has been such a great teacher because it's allowed me to practice, you know, practice restraint, practice message discipline, you know, practice patience, which I don't have a lot of, so I've gotten really good at that, or much better anyway. So it's allowed me to to learn by doing. Well, this is great because LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook, they're the big three, but then there's the Snapchat world and there's the Instagram world and there are other particular worlds that people have in their, whether they're in business or they have a community that are really, they're a strong part of, or they may be involved in a cause that they are really promoting or advancing and they're involved with, with that world. And so there are these smaller sites that, you know, in the old days, I think they called them uh, newsrooms and, um, you know, specialized rooms where the chatting takes place also. Right. And so in a way, Facebook, I think you've said something important. People can learn on Facebook and then take those lessons, if you will, and the wisdom that they have gained from it and make sure that they're presenting themselves in a way they intend in other locations online. But, you know, let's get back to that old analog world called being in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. concept, right? So here's what I would love to do, because Vicki, you have um, a special expertise in working with people who are going out into the world to, to literally speak before an audience, to right. present themselves as expert in a particular arena or field of knowledge or um, fame even or inspiration, whatever it may be, but you're giving them what they need to be prepared for that. Do you find there's a situation where sometimes, I'm going to say somebody gets famous for whatever reason it is, and then they're suddenly in demand as a speaker and they're like, oh my gosh, am I prepared for the audience? Because you never know what an audience is going to ask you or throw to you or say to you. How, how can people be prepared for the unexpected in a live audience? Well, I think what you have to be is first off, you have to understand that people can spot silliness at 50 paces. So you need to be real. All right. That's what, being real. They call it authenticity. That's really hot right now because we're just kind of our, our generation and the generation after us and especially the millennials, they grew up surrounded by hype. So, so they are not putting up with the silliness that we put up with. Okay, let's be clear. All right. So, I, and that's what I love about millennials. I have to tell you, they are going to be the change agents. And uh, the boomers are, are about to learn what, it like, what it's like to be 
on the receiving end of change versus being the change agents. And so this is going to be an interesting adjustment to kind of sit back and watch. And I think one of the big changes that I see coming in with the millennials is that you have to be yourself, but you have to know what yourself is. And you have to know your role in the conversation, and you have to know the corner that you own. And that's what I help a lot of people with. If you know your corner, you know your territory that you own, and you know your role in the conversation, then you're ready for anything. And you know what happens is sometimes people say, well, I can do this and I can do that. And, and they kind of want to take on being engaged in a bigger world. But sometimes in a public role, you're expected to know so much depth, and you may not prepare for that because in a one-to-one -one conversation, we can be rather forgiving to each other. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say it's a little bit Absolutely. easier to do that? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, there's a certain desire to be liked and to, you know, create a, a conversation that both people walk away feeling good from. But that is not the dynamic necessarily in a public arena or even a, a group of people in a, in a meeting room or in an auditorium. It's a different reality. Yeah. With social media, you're under a microscope. And that's a big change right now. You know, people do not understand that when you are in the public square, you are under a microscope. So every look on your face can become a meme, all right? Everything you say can be on a recording and sent out to the world without any context. And so you have to be very clear about, again, the corner that you own and your role in the conversation, and you have to have what insiders call message discipline okay you have to have the discipline to stay consistent because the moment that you're not that will be the meme okay that will be the meme right there so you've reminded me of something i didn't expect it to pop into my head but i'm going to say it robert duval now, robert duval a very successful actor especially in film and Robert Duvall is not a matinee idol. He would never say, I'm the most gorgeous man that ever existed. But here's what he had, an amazing ability. And my acting coach from the olden days, who was himself a comic from the Borscht Belt, as well as a, a coach for some very amazing people, said the thing about Robert Duvall is his face doesn't really move. So what happens is you, you, you go for what's in his emotions through his eyes and through his very subtle shifts. So he gives you a space as the viewer or the audience to want to get more. He's not overdoing it with gestures and ex like twice so acting as he called it. He's not overdoing. So he's, he, he almost comes across in the way you say as owning his emotions and being in a space that is considered to be maybe sincere, genuine, authentic, real, it's interesting what you're distinguishing for us, Vicki. I love that because, you know, I'm one of those people who talks with my hands and I jump up and down and I get excited, but not everybody is that person. <laughs> that is a very distinct flavor of ice cream. And, <laughs> and some people love it and some people want another flavor. Absolutely. <laughs> we might call Absolutely. it tutti, tutti frutti if we were being a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> And here's what's interesting. I've learned something else about that. I'm just using myself as a lab experiment. There is a side of me that gets very quiet when I want to impart something that gives people space to explore it in their own time, at their own pace. And I'm happy to wait in the silence to see what comes out. What, what are you going to say next? What is your response to that? So it's interesting what you're distinguishing for us here. Oh, sure. It's called anticipation. Anticipation and urgency. That's really hot right now. If you can create anticipation like, ooh, what's she going to say next? That's why we're in what I call the age of the tease, right? Where you see all these teasers on TV and all this stuff. In fact, I was telling my husband the other day, I said, what would it be like to watch a movie that actually had an ending instead of a setup for a sequel? What would that be? What like? a concept. <laughs> yeah, we don't have those anymore. Think about it. all the movies out there. The very end is a teaser for the next movie. Okay. And you know, in the olden days, they used to have cliffhangers, but they were real cliffhangers because you knew there wasn't going to be an answer. It was up to you to figure out what you wanted it to be. And that exactly. was the end. 
You'd never yeah. find out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So now we are in the age of the anticipation, and that creates urgency to act. When you mm. want something, when you anticipate something, that creates an experience to act. And that is the hottest thing right now. That's what you have to do as a thought leader or an influencer is you have to create an experience. Here's what separates the good from the greats. You have to create a moment, an experience that makes people feel something to the extent that they act. Okay. So if someone is I'm going to say this, they could be in a, in a business presentation to a large group, or they could be, they could be in an entertainment situation. Like they could be a stand-up doing comedy at the comedy store, whatever it may be. Right. So what, so do they share anything in common in terms of what you're saying is sort of anticipation or this priming them to act? What, what might they share in common given there's two very different circumstances? Well, the, the through point or the, the bridge between the two is you have to create an experience. Ah. Okay. So when you're giving a presentation, a business presentation, you've got to create an experience. Now, storytelling has been around for eons, but it's having its moment. It's having its hour or its day. I mean, people have been, you know, really <laughs> focusing on telling stories. But the, the strategy behind that is that you put people in the scene. And when you put people in the scene, they're having an experience with you. And that uh -huh. creates, you guessed it, an urgency to act. This is why salespeople tell stories about their clients. So the prospect can see themselves in the scene, but also have urgency to act. So they're also, they're feeling something. They're not just having information that's like, okay, who cares, who cares, who cares? Or, you know, for people who are really information hogs, that's great, but not everybody is. But it sounds like there must be a feeling or a set of emotions Absolutely. that's being intentionally activated. Maybe. Well, yeah, because here's what we've learned through neuroscience and brain scans and all sorts of other stuff is nothing, nothing happens without feeling. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens without feeling. You can have all the logic in the world. Here's what happens. Our feelings dictate the decision. Our logic justifies what we just did. <laughs> so, so it's all about the feelings. I'm serious. Nothing happens until people feel something. You're kind of putting it a little bit in the sequence, which is feelings first, and then the logic comes in and, and tries to either validate it or confirm it or maybe even justify it. Uh -huh. Would that be Absolutely. Sequence? Okay. Okay, yeah, great. so like in a business case, let's say that the business speaker that you just referred to, mm -hmm. they've got to have the facts in the business case to justify, but if they don't have the feelings, no one's going to act. Uh, it's going to be like they're looking at their watches and saying, okay, when is this going to be done? Because like I've got other things that I want to do, and that's what's in their brain. What's in their brain is this guy wants us to do something, but I've got 15 other things to do. Why do I have to do this other than the other 15 things? I have to do something right now and give up the other part of the 15 things that I've already said I would do. And maybe the one or more of those 15 things is like perceived as an emergency or a must-have or something Absolutely. with some emotion attached to it. Absolutely. And there's no new emotion here. So when I talk to my clients about actually making money with their influence, I say to them, I said, your biggest competitor are other priorities. That's the competitor. It's not other people that are equally influential. It's other priorities. Competing priorities is our biggest obstacle. Well, you know, there is that classic statement, you buy from people you like and trust, uh -huh. but it sounds like there's something even deeper than the like and trust that is the connection to the emotion behind liking and trusting or the emotion behind maybe need to, like this is, this is now a priority, as you say. Absolutely. Well, I think where the old adage came from is like and trust was safety. Okay, you know, there's a lot of safety in knowing that someone's not going to rip you off. Okay, mm -hmm. and we get to a certain stage in our life. I was teasing a friend the other day, and I said, you know, I used to charge extra for brain damage, but now there is no price high enough to put up with someone that I can't stand. You know, I mean, if I don't like them, I'm not working with them. I mean, I've gotten to that point, you know, and and I think that in this 
rush, rush, rush age that we're in, we're probably all at that point. You know, we want to be surrounded by by the least amount of drama and silliness that we can be surrounded by. And I think you're being very kind in calling it silliness. And I love <laughs> that you are. <laughs> well, we're trying. I'm assuming this is a family show. Yes. <laughs> it is a family show. And we're just going to have the most enlightened families in the world running around, getting, you know, getting their clarity and their priorities and their emotions all lined up in a really, I'm going to say, contributing way to other people so yeah. oh, there you go there you go <laughs> so i want to um i want to switch gears for a second but i'm going to take a short break and we're going to come back with vicki sullivan so be with us we've got lots more to share and i'll tell you i'm loving all the surprises that vicki has put into our space so hang in there we'll be right back Thank you for being with us on WOW Whispering. In every episode, we present a public service announcement that highlights resources that are committed to uplifting our quality of life. Look for the episode show notes, which have links to learn more. Now today, we are pleased to feature Rock the Vote. Just like it says, it's about dedication to building the political power of young people. It's headquartered in Washington, D.C., because after all, you got to be close to the power that you're keeping track of. In 1990, music executives founded Rock the Vote in response to censorship of hip-hop and rap artists. Their first partnership with MTV helped them to promote the message that censorship is un-American and to engage young people across the country in fighting back. For over 25 years since, Rock the Vote has revolutionized the way we use pop culture, music, art, and technology to engage younger people in politics and build our collective power. They've registered and turned out millions of young voters on campuses, in communities, and online. They've successfully fought for and defended voting rights and increased access to democracy. They've raised awareness and campaigned for issues that impact the lives of young people, more important than ever these days, as we know. They've pioneered innovative ways to make registration and voting work for all generations, really, and the youngest generations. And they've built open source technology to empower other organizations as well. Rock the Vote is all about action. Now check your dates to be sure and register before your local deadline to vote this November. Thank you. And we are back. I am so delighted to have as my guest today, Vicki Sullivan. She has been sharing with us such amazing takes. And you know what I love? This is a very expressive woman. She is all about the energy. And yet what she's been talking about is these whispering secrets that she's been sharing with us. So you can all go out and use them. Like if you've just tuned in, go back and listen to the first half. You're going to love it. So let me just say, Vicki, I wanted to ask you kind of from your point of view, because you have worked with a lot of people, you traveled the country, you know, you're doing even that just recently. I want to ask you, does something come to mind in whether it's the business or the personal arena that lately got your attention away and said, oh, wow. Yes, there is. As a matter of fact, uh, I have, I've had some wows. I've had, I've had some wows. Here's my biggest wow. And again, this comes from Facebook. Behind every perspective, is a story. 
behind every perspective is a story now we were laughing about some of the posts that people put up and about some of the uh things that people say before they think you know they just hit that sin a little bit too soon sometimes um when i when i listen and it's hard to listen to some of this stuff for me okay you know it's it's real hard to sit and listen you will hear pain or some kind of emotion behind behind the story mm -hmm. and you'll see what is driving the fierceness or the emotion around the point of view mm -hmm. and what i and the wow for me is when i get to that spot i realize how much of me is in there ah. i see the commonality now this person is talking like a space alien okay so i'm having to like really listen hard right and i'm having to really use my patience and my discipline and i'm not good at that right so this is a challenge okay <laughs> so i'm challenging myself and and yet the wow for me has been how alike we all all are you know we are all alike in ways we do not know and so it looks like there's this again silliness going on there's a lot of insults being thrown and stuff like that but you get past all that and you sit and you listen a little bit you will hear an emotion that has also been in your heart okay you will hear mm -hmm. a frustration that has been in your heart maybe different details different story but the emotion is the same and i noticed and the wow for me is when i can talk at that level insults appear to go away i am so thrilled you said that because there is um it's like you have you have drawn the connection between saying and hearing between speaking and listening that there is a there is a completeness to having both of those occur in a conversation for both people and it takes them an emotional discipline to get past some words and get past a tone because I'm like the tone police right you know <laughs> uh, I, I tease my friends I said I you know because I have friends of all different backgrounds and political persuasions and stuff like that and I said you know I love everybody but you trash talk me and you're done <laughs> you know and, and it's and it's it's funny because i was telling somebody i said it's interesting who insults me because it's usually the people who don't know me you know I, i'm on a friend's news feed they're asking me a sincere question i know they're sincere i'm explaining myself and someone pops off with an insult and you know i gotta tell you diane 15 years ago i could return fire with the best of them but but a big whisper for me is i don't have to respond to everything that is in my presence i can choose i can choose i have control i have more power to choose and i had a friend that said to me you know i hope this last interaction wasn't too offensive and i said oh please honey that person does not have the power to offend me I <laughs> I said, have no worries. You know, I'm good. I'm good. I love what you said. It reminds me of something that is um, an interesting dynamic when you have a group of people, even beyond one to one. Yep. And and oftentimes, if people are in a room, and there's maybe I'm going to say a minimum of four up to you know whoever can fit around the table. You've probably noticed this, but if it's if there's a back and forth conversation occurring maybe they're there for a community meeting maybe they're there for a business uh, planning session maybe they're there because they're doing a coffee clutch yeah but if you've ever noticed that some people tend to talk a lot and some people mm -hmm. tend to be real strong and they always something to say and they kind of start out that way and they kind of keep on going with it and then some people kind of come in the middle and then some people kind of come along at a certain point and then they just go 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 but there's always a really one or two quiet people at the table who are just sitting there and they're taking it in and they're listening have you i don't know if you've ever noticed this but i've noticed that when that person speaks everybody turns to them absolutely because they are the quiet one but there's a the, 
I don't know if it's conscious or unconscious, there's a, an understanding or at least a, an interest in what are they gonna say that maybe we've been so busy talking, we haven't noticed that this person's kind of synthesized everything and now they're gonna make a contribution. Isn't that an interesting dynamic? Absolutely, and you know what I've noticed? They get to the heart. Yeah. Notice the quiet ones. When they talk, it's always straight to the heart of the issue. Straight and they can the move the conversation forward where it may be just going around in a loop a couple, you know, with the, the chitter chatter that goes on. Because like, here we are again. We said that already. And here we are saying, and now the quiet person pops up. Boom. Now you're moving somewhere. Right. And here's what I've noticed. And here's a big wow for me is the need people have to express themselves. It's like they need to get something off their chest. And I've noticed that the, the, the more, um, I don't know what word to use, belligerent could be a good word. You know, the more belligerent okay. they come off, the more bothered they are in their heart and it has to get out, right? But once you let that out, and this goes into the listening again, this person is letting all that out. They're letting the steam get out. And you know what happens when, when people let off steam? Pretty soon they run out of steam, right? Because it's out. That's right. Yeah. It's, 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 not, it's not building up ahead of steam. It's out. Exactly. And that moment when everybody runs out of steam, that, that right there is where the heart can speak. Because all the noise has dissipated. You said something else important about that moment after sort of the explosion or the steam has come bursting out. I, for myself, have begun to have a little bit of a theory about sometimes people who kind of build up that head of steam and boom. And yeah. maybe even a little aggressive or certainly a little um, overexpressive is that sometimes that's a person who has not been heard doesn't have the experience of being heard. So they're used to saying things two, three, four times, maybe escalating it. And, and if they can have an experience of being acknowledged for what they said, not that you agree with it, but acknowledged for, okay, I, I can see that that matters to you. And I really want to just thank you for sharing it. It's a completely different experience of them suddenly having, now they may need 10, 20, 30 more times of that in life, but there's something about the power of acknowledging what somebody's dealing with, even without going into a, I know what you're feeling. No, you don't necessarily know what they're feeling because it may have nothing to do with what's in the room. It may have something to do with 10 years ago, five years ago. Absolutely. But what an amazing gift that listening, maybe acknowledgement, a little bit of acknowledgement can have. Absolutely. And, and I've practiced this on Facebook and, and I feel really good about it is I always look for what I can agree with. Because, mm -hmm. and, and this is really interesting in standing out and influence. You, if you can zig while everyone else is zagging, then you're going to stand out just by default, okay? Because you're by yourself. So if I'm in the, if I'm listening to an argument and I'm listening to someone being so passionate and they're like, bah, 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 right? I mean, you've <laughs> seen them. They start barking, you know, bah, 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 you know, this kind of stuff, right? Well, if you can just say, you know, I can really see your point on blah, blah, blah. I've had that happen to me too, and I didn't like it, and so I can really see how you wouldn't like it too. Then I'll say, here's where I get stuck, because it's the same place they get stuck, right? Here's where yeah. I get stuck, blah, blah, blah. Now you can have a great conversation, because you've acknowledged not only their point, but their right to have that point. People are entitled to believe what they want. Even if I think it's from Mars, it doesn't matter. They're entitled to believe what they wish. And when you acknowledge their right to believe that, it's mm -hmm. amazing what happens. Then the so heart this is can open interesting. Up. Yeah, this, so then the heart can open up is what Vicki just said. And what I'm hearing is, an opening. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that in that given moment in time, the person's going to 100% get it. They might in a medium like Facebook, because we're all writing little things. We're not talking. It's not a conversational medium. But sometimes in a conversation, it might not occur that quickly because 
other emotions are engaged and other realities of conversation mm -hmm. are engaged. But you've, you've planted a seed, Vicki. And I, I really want to acknowledge you for, for really, um, I'm going to say, shining the light on the importance of that. Because you're not necessarily going to get the perfect result immediately, but you're going to plant a seed to something that becomes possible, not only for that person later on in, in how they continue their life, but for you. Like exactly. you can do that again. You can, you can begin to develop strength in that arena. You're practicing. It's all yeah. practice. And yeah. I've noticed about myself that the more I practice something, the better I get at it. I just have to practice it. And so it's not that I can't do it. It's just I'm out of practice. Yeah. So or maybe I, never had the opportunity to do it and this is new for you. Oh, let me Whatever tell you. Whatever it may be. Facebook has been my best teacher because I've been able to practice so many things that I have not felt the need to practice before, but has come in handy. Well, there is a, a another little phrase. I think it's uh, mastery is a practice. It's not. It's not the end point. You're always in practice, and exactly. people who are masterful, the more masterful they get the more they realize there is to go in that pathway. Absolutely. And you're never finished. You're never finished. <laughs> and what I also notice, and I don't know if this is uh, maybe a wow or maybe a whisper, but the more practice you get, the more challenges you get. Oh, oh you are so right. I mean, it's like I had this challenge just this week, and it's about the current events and sexual misconduct. And some of the things I'm hearing is really tripping my trigger. You know, mm -hmm. it's, I mean, I got to tell you, it's tripping my trigger. And I'm like, okay, so this is an opportunity to practice, you know, on a bigger scale, things that I've practiced on a smaller scale, you know. And I finally, um, I, and what I learned from that is when you're practicing, you also can create boundaries. You can say in the practice, you can say, okay, you know what, this is a line that I'm not going to. Uh, tolerate or this is a line I'm not going to cross and so I said and so we were having this discussion and it was getting really a little too crazy for me and I just told the truth and I and I was telling my friend because it was his newsfeed I said look I love you and I'm bowing out now I said some of the things I'm hearing here just hurts my heart so I gotta go yeah. and you know and, and number one no one can argue with that Okay, they, they, mm -hmm. there's no parting shots. And secondly, he says, I love you. Thank you for your contribution. We'll see you soon. La la la. And it's and so you learn where your where your edge is, you know, mm -hmm. in that triggering and in that challenge, you learn where your edge is. And you can you learn how to gracefully exit. And sometimes that's a conversation too. So, Vicki, you reminded me of something I definitely had in mind to ask you about. Because of your involvement with the Women's Leadership Board for the Kennedy School of Government at Harvard, I wanted to ask you, in working with women who are leaders or emerging leaders, um, I'm wondering if the changes that we're seeing, you just gave a perfect example in our communications technology, are they impacting what you're seeing as possible or what these leaders, these younger or newer leaders are seeing in terms of what is available to them and, and the impact they can have in the world because they're challenged as well. So I'm, I'm interested from your perspective, even beyond the one-to-one. -one. Well, what I'm, what I'm telling young women leaders is, mm -hmm. is to be able to discern opportunities in the white noise. Okay. There's a lot of white noise out there, and there's a lot of, you know, this kind of silliness. And, and so in that white noise, there's an opportunity to influence. And you got to be ready for it, and you got to be able to spot it. And so what I tell women is lie and ambush right <laughs> you're you're lying in ambush and when you see that opportunity you pounce like a cheetah 
right? Boom, right, you're right there. And, and so you can, you can create opportunities, but you can also, like I said, lie and ambush. You just sit back and watch because all this noise is going on. It's like a passing parade and you can jump in at the most opportune time. But in order to do that, again, you have to know your role in the conversation so that you can be heard at the precise time. You also got to be willing to do what I call drill down. And that's what you were saying about the quiet person when they get to the heart of the situation. Yes. And what they're doing is it's, it's almost like I love that you use the kitty cat analogy, the cheetahs, the lions, the, even the house cats. Yeah. What, what they do is they, is they study and they wait and they study and they wait and they look and they look and then boom, they spring with all of that physical intention and not tension but the quiet person at the table or the quiet person in, and amongst all the white noise has okay we'll say the challenge maybe the way you've described it the challenge to stay mentally clear and focused while all this craziness is going around the on around them so they don't lose their i'm going to say their objectivity their clarity their sense of what their contribution can be but then when the moment's right, they're still centered, even though the conversation around them might have gotten off kilter. Absolutely. And you also have to understand that we are in the age of provocation. Okay. okay. So go back to what I was talking about, about creating experience so people feel things. We mm -hmm. see this a lot in communication now. People will say stuff with the intention to provoke. And we have got to have the emotional strength to say, I choose when and how I'm going to engage. You are not going to provoke me. And I, and I have been practicing that a lot, you know, on social media and other places and saying, as, as my emotions will say to me, kill them. You know, beat them to a <laughs> I have like five or six great comebacks, but I will not type a one of them because i say to myself you i do not give you the power to provoke me you do not have the power to provoke me and that really is a quality of leadership that is not often stated that way and i love that you're stating it that way because now if someone takes that on and practices it and sees you know a developing strength and skill they now have the opportunity to wow their audience because they remain centered. Exactly. When they, when they do participate, when they do contribute, when they do respond rather than react. Right. And then that's how you get the role of being unflappable. You know, that's how people think, well, you know, you can throw anything at her and she just handles it because you are not provoked. Okay, you are not provoked. So there's a huge payoff for that. I love it. So Vicki, we could talk about this for hours because we've opened <laughs> up a wonderful conversation that's ongoing. What I'd like to do is we kind of wrap up today's a couple of things. But uh, before I do those couple of things, I want to just make sure because you've been listening to a fascinating woman who's easy to reach. All you've got to know is her name. And I'm going to say it and spell it because you'll go to her website, VickiSullivan.com. And it's V-I-C-K-I-E-S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N.com. And you're going to find a real treasure trove of information and wisdom available. So Vicki, is there anything else people need to know about reaching you that they should be aware of? Well, I just want people to know that there's a bunch of free stuff on that website and you don't even have to give me your name you just go roam okay it is free for the world if you want to get my insights on a on a consistent basis then mm -hmm. sign up for tips trends and tirades okay we try to make it as fun it's short it's, it's usually like 200, 250 words, so you're not talking war and peace here, right? <laughs> and um, you can go there and get the insights on a consistent basis, or if you want to roam, go roam. But there is a ton of free stuff on there. And I do not have landing pages. I don't have, you know, I'm not asking for your firstborn cat. I mean, none of that. Just... <laughs> Get in there and learn, and if I can be of usefulness to you, reach out, 
go to the store if you want some insights and processes there's there's you know learning systems there go roam and anything i can do to help i'm happy to do so wow so i love it that you really get right to the point even in your online communications on your own website in a way that people just go right for what is a fit and a match for them as you kind of think about we've we've traveled the world a bit in this conversation today <laughs> and i want to ask you has it brought to mind anything you'd like to leave our listeners to ponder like something you'd like them to take on that could be an opportunity for them to expand their own view and just anything that kind of comes to mind to riff on you're welcome to do so here's what i would like to recommend practice who you want to be practice who you want to be use every single interaction and ask yourself who do i want to be in this moment and be that be that like i say to myself i want to be kind here and it's hard for me sometimes to be kind when i'm triggered so i'm like okay i say i want to be kind this is the opportunity for kindness and and I say to my friends I said this is an opportunity for grace so I would say to people look for the opportunities for grace and take those opportunities you will be richer for that you will have a richer life for that you will have a richer relationships for that you'll be surprised what happens to you when you find and take those opportunities for grace well what an extraordinary word and note to complete our conversation on grace what a beautiful place to uh, find and explore and discover and take on for yourself. So Vicki Sullivan, I want to thank you so much for being with me today. It was a true pleasure and a wonderful adventure together. Oh, thank you. We had a blast. We always have fun. This is fabulous. <laughs> we do. So I'm going to say uh, to everyone, we will see you next time. We'll hear you next time, whatever that is. So thank you for being with us here on Wow Whispering. What a pleasure to be with you in the world of wow whispering. As we complete this episode, I invite you to notice the wows and whispers that enliven or challenge as they fulfill life for you in both tiny moments and transforming experiences. I wish you the very best until we meet next time.